0: You know, speed is not the only right thing for me to do.
1: Welcome back to uh, Conspiring with Mr. Cooper. I am Mr. Cooper's sidekick, Chris Graves. Mr. Cooper?
2: Good evening, everybody. This is uh, William Ramsey we have on tonight. Um, we're going to talk about the West Memphis Three.
1: Welcome, Mr. Ramsey. How you doing?
0: I'm well. Thanks for uh, inviting me. Good to be here.
1: <clears throat> well, first of all, what brought you to, uh, to this case originally? Because uh, I'll be honest with you, I first came across your work when you were doing an interview with the uh, with uh, Ed Opperman and the late great Dave McGowan, who I'm a very big supporter of, uh, and I every time every chance I get uh, when I'm a, being interviewed on someone else's show, I try to bring up Mister McGowan's work to this day. So, so uh, yeah, just tell us a little bit about that. How were you introduced to the uh, West Memphis Three case in
0: general? Well, I'd just written a book about Aleister Crowley. So I was finishing, I finished that book. My first book was Prophet of Evil. I wrote that in, published it in 2010. And I was working on, I'd heard of the West Memphis Three. I'd seen the first documentary that HBO did. It's called Paradise Lost. I think it came out in 1996, but I didn't think much of them. And then um, I was researching for what was going to be my second book. And I came across a clip on YouTube of, one of the West Memphis three Damien Eccles talking about Alistair Crowley he was asked a question about Alistair Crowley so it kind of piqued my interest I, I wasn't really sure I'd heard they had gotten out of jail I think they ended up getting released from jail August 2011 so I, I just thought that there was something wrong with the case so I, that really made me because Alistair Crowley was involved made me really want to read uh, the information about it and fortunately for me they had all the legal documents were all compiled in one site and it's still compiled to this day at callahan 8k you can just look it up there and you can see them all so i just started going through and at that time it was stated that they were unjustly accused and convicted and spent 18 years in jail for a crime they didn't commit that was kind of the going thing i just thought there was technicality and they got out and then i started reading it and uh the the case file said another thing so that kind of led me to organize this book. Nobody had, had put together a book at that time that showed really what happened in the case. The kind of going book was this other book by Mara Leverett called Devil's Knot. So I put that book out uh, in 2012. So it's been over 10 years. It's really been out for almost 10 years and they threatened to sue me over it. It was taken off by of Amazon. Uh, really? So Yeah. Oh. So... Uh, not really very happy that book it didn't make a lot of people happy it was I was definitely going against the grain of the, of the conventional thought even to this day, it still is that still against the conventional kind of ideas of what really happened. But uh
1: now Eccles and everything, uh he has like some pretty severe followers, right? Some pretty fanatical followers, yeah. Were... Very much so. Yeah. yeah,
0: very much. It's been called by one person Ecclesologist, kind of like Scientologists. So <laughs> right, right. one guy, his name is Trench Reynolds, and I write about him in the book. Like they harassed him pretty bad. But the, I mean, I I yeah. realized that it was a very sensitive subject for a lot of people, but uh I think it's pretty obvious when you read the the court case that they had enough evidence and a lot of the stuff that they talked about it even to this day i mean it is the timing of this interview is actually remarkable because this innocence project which is this group of people going around lawyers going around kind of uh, finding people who they say have been unjustly convicted just put out a paper or article two days ago about eccles they are going to support him they're supporting this whole movement to get this dna tested uh, now it's like almost 30 years since the crime. The original crime was uh, 1993. Um, actually, it was it was actually they, when their arrest was uh, just about a week ago, 30 years ago. So, uh, so it's been so long. But this is part of this kind of public theater, in my opinion, that they're doing to try to convince people that this there was some kind of unjust. Um, unjust attack upon these guys like that's the kind of thing they were arrested for their you know black they there there's this whole idea that this this arkansas was some kind of christian conservative hillbillies who arrested them without any evidence which is really not true there was tons of evidence and they were so this article came they they were into into, like heavy
1: metal and things like that and they horror movies they tried to connect them with all that type of thing as well right
0: and it's, it's a good story. I mean, I think it's it's kind of like a story people can swallow. Like these uh, yeah. impoverished kids are bullied by the system and thrown in jail. And they were just a little different. So all those people can just eat that up. Like, oh, yeah, that's so true. I was different when I was younger. Well. So it kind of identify it. But when you look through the court case, Eccles, I mean, I just did another show. Like I call it The Lost Files of the West Memphis Three, which is... Um, they lost, like, there was like 500 pages from the documents of Eccles' mental history leading up to the date of the crime, which was uh, May 5th, 1993. So before that, all the way for a year, a year and a half up that he'd been in three mental institutions and raving and talking about blood drinking. And they mentioned his interest in the occult and he was going in for beatings uh, that January, January, February, going and talking to shrinks. So all the recording is there. Yeah. So it wasn't like he uh, was kind of like innocent. He was on probation. A lot of this stuff is overlooked. Even John Douglas, like it's a really interesting case for a lot of reasons because well, you kind of have to go back and look at the truth. John Douglas is probably one of the most famous, if yeah. top 10 FBI agents in in the um, country. Yeah. Mind hunters. He's influenced tons of people. That's go right. reach his, his book, Law and Disorder. He misses so many evidentiary facts. And this is kind of like what people are using Mara Leverett and him, that they they've overlooked. These are kind of the, the records of note, and, and John Douglas has a good reputation, which is really shocking when you read yeah. this book and what he put in there and what he overlooked. I don't. I I would suspect it's all ghostwritten, that he actually didn't do it himself, but. Now, even
1: Eccles' family, uh, there's evidence to support that uh, his family goes back several generations of being involved in the occult. Am I off base by bringing that up? or
0: No, but I mean, I think that something's going on. The mom never worked. She was in trailers. Yeah. Uh, she was on Social Security, so she was picking up a check. And uh, there was a murder, that, a death, that happened the same year as these murders. The family, the sister and the mother, and I think the dad were down at the they're right West Memphis It's like, it's like a bonfire here. at nighttime, right? Correct. Like really late. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, not a lot of people know this, but for people's topography, West Memphis is across the Mississippi from Memphis, Tennessee. So it's really a suburb of Memphis, Tennessee, across the river. And it was about it's probably lower middle class uh kind of community. But yeah, they were and there was a trailer parks, that's where Baldwin was from, too. But there was something that happened a bonfire that uh somebody got shot and was killed and somebody threw the gun away and this is all a cool cool thing that's all the records the police records are there yeah but that was kind of another unusual event like what are you doing in a bonfire with all those people where somebody gets shot yeah um, and it
1: was kind kind of of covered up too right like uh i don't want to accuse anybody but wasn't it uh one of the family members of uh of damien that kind of
0: covered up the uh the gun and everything there were allegations, if I remember correctly. I mean, there was there was something that somebody had the gun, like they were looking yeah. for the gun. But yeah, so that was another thing that happened at that time. He was on probation. That's another thing that's overlooked. Even John Douglas says it. You can go read his records on the record. I think it's incredible. It says there's nothing in the court record that would indicate that the West Memphis three would commit this crime, but he was on probation. This is in the medical records. This is all acknowledged that these guys were on probation and or, I mean, Eccles was. So well, there's a lot of mis- and disinformation uh, surrounding, to this day, the West Memphis State. And this thing that they that the uh, Innocence Project put out is such a joke. It's a dumpster fire of, like, inaccuracies that this group that supposedly has some legitimacy just put out two days ago. It's unbelievable. You can go look through it on my social media. I'm on Twitter. I haven't gotten kicked off of Twitter yet. But, um,
2: wasn't Eccles being abused by his mom's a uh, boyfriend or something like that? I there read something was like a that.
0: story of... It's kind of a complex situation. His real name is... His given name is Michael Hutchison. So his actual biological father and mother are around. Then his stepfather was a guy by the name of Eccles. And there's allegations within the family that the stepfather, Eccles, was abusing Michael Hutchison's sister. Okay. And those are also in the court records. But there was kind of like... uh of, you know, stories of abuse, but uh, they, they, yeah, there was, kind of, it's, it's an unconventional. There's a lot of uh,
1: allegations, so it's, it's not like we can really uh, right. be too right.
0: sure. Um, Nobody's confirmed that the family's kind of an intergenerational occult family, but yeah. even occults, I think in his own writing, said that he was interested in the occult since he was 10. So by right. the time he was 18, that seemed to be solidified in his personality. He said on the stand, he was asked, do you know anything about the occult? I think his response was, I know everything about the occult. So he knew that. And that's on
1: video too, right? Correct. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, Well, for those that are not familiar with the case, because it has been about 30 years, like you had mentioned What are the basics of of this case? Because it it made a lot of waves back in the 1990s. And as you said, Paradise Lost, famous HBO documentary, Metallica, Henry Rollins, Johnny Gep, they all got involved and and got behind these guys. What is the (laughs) I know it's pretty intricate, but what are the bare bones of the the main case for those that are not familiar?
0: So three children went missing on May 5th, 1993 or May 4th I guess I, they went missing they were out riding they were um boy scouts one was actually wearing kind of a boy scout boy scout outfit so those three boys went missing they were found next day in this small kind of area off the city of west of memphis they used to call it robin hood hills and they were found drowned like one uh, really abused like i think the medical examiner examiner one of the boys genitals was removed another one had evidence of being hit with like a bat or a stick, like your brain uh cracked his brain. So they're really heavy duty stuff. And you can see the pictures are very graphic. Somebody had been stabbed in the face with a blunt, something blunt. So they were drowned and they, they're not expected to be found. So then that just brought out a you know a huge cry through the community. And it was national news like what happened? And so it took for a while it took a while. People were interviewed some of these guys from what uh, Damien Eccles was brought in. He said, if you talk to my mom, you know, i will talk to my mom and then I'll tell you everything. And then he talked to his mom and clammed up. And I think there's records actually in the, the, the files where he failed a lie detector test, whatever, which, uh, you know, however you weigh that in your mind, whether a lie detector works or not. Anyway, so they looked around. What happened was is then on June 5th, they brought in somebody that they didn't know was associated with the case. His name was Jesse Miss Kelly, yeah. And uh, not exactly kind of the, the sharpest, knife in the drawer but he came in and confessed and he he implicated uh Baldwin and Eccles so they were all arrested that confession uh took place he was actually he was his father gave the permission to have uh Jesse go into the police station so uh so that was it so that led to their arrest they really created this kind of saga it created, there was a lot of uh yeah media was there and two guys from hbo who's one guy still around still doing a lot of documentaries his name is joe berlinger and then sanofsky came out and they filmed stuff and created a uh, really a trilogy of documentaries the first one was called paradise lost and that's the one that i remember watching when it came out and uh, it's very telling there's some very interesting evidence in there then so then it kind of like died off but then this kind of uh Public interest this kind of caused the lab situation started growing. So then there was a second one and a third one by Burlinger. So it became yeah. a paradise lost. The second one I think came out in two thousand two, and the third in twenty ten. So somebody yeah, was, you
1: know, the band Metallica got involved with the fundraising for it, and actually Metallica. he made their movie uh, some kind of monster for them. Joe Burlinger. That's that. right. That's yeah. right. Correct. And he's
0: done some interesting ones. He did another one about Whitey Bulger. Yeah. And actually made it kind of, he, Joe Berlinger directed the not too very successful Blair Witch Project 2, which has a character that's like Damian Knuckles. So, Shadding. Damian Knuckles, and to this day, all the way up to Stranger Things, actually, there's this new guy in season four. Stranger, Stranger Things thing. is based off that. So, he created this yeah. thing and really started this groundswell. He kind of changed their story. They got stuff down. They got this the support of a lot of Hollywood big bigwigs. Yeah. And actually, that is, um, like you mentioned, Donnie Depp and the director of Lord of the Rings, right? Uh, Peter Peter Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, that's right. Guys with huge bankrolls, millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. And they hired a really great lawyer who passed away. And his name is um, Dennis Reardon. Yeah. It's really great appellate lawyer because they were doing a lot of appellate work. There was appeals, appeals failed. And you can read these appeals are very important factual statements that Right. The public just doesn't grasp at all and they're not really supposed to but it went to the supreme court of arkansas these cases the appeals and so they collected the information from the lord lower court it's conveniently left out of all of like the analysis the west memphis Three, of course you can actually find it online so the appeals stuff and de Reardon kind of found he he used a lot of different con, uh devices he actually did barry bond's case right barry bond's who Steroids got busted for steroids, thank you. And his head size grew like his hat size grew an inch. Like right. I mean, these guys when they do roids, their head like Joe Rogan, his head's huge. It's from uh, growth. <laughs> You're right. Anyway, so <clears throat> Reardon does a really good job and realizes that. in this DNA comes up even just this week with the West Memphis Re- Reardon realizes, and this has happened throughout a lot of state legislatures, is that since the advent of DNA, you now it's kind of like. If you now it's like you can't be convicted of a crime unless they find your DNA, which is really silly considering that all of criminal procedure since the time of the beginning of man has been <laughs> all the way up until DNA, right. all the right. way up until the uh, 1990s or whatever. Oh, yeah, we... 1930, oh. 1990, really then. So it really was right. The DNA was really just at the beginning of being put into the criminal system. They call it the CSI effect because it's affected yeah. the public like. We got to find this DNA. So anyway, Reardon figures out that in the legislature, cases that didn't use DNA can kind of use DNA testing to see, to right. go back and kind of have another bite of the apple. And so it starts that. And so that's kind of their thing. Uh, they start testing the DNA. And at a certain point, some, there was some kind of communication. There was a change in the lawyer. So this guy Barnett left and became Lazar. And there was a change in the DA of the state. So there was a new DA as well. And there was some kind of negotiation. There's a lot of public pressure as well. Like there's this whole groundswell. These guys are innocent. They've been railroaded, blah blah, 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 Yeah. And so something blinked and something happened. There was an agreement that they would get out of jail in August of 2011 using what's called an Alford plea, A-L-F-O-R-D. It's based upon a Supreme Court case called Alford versus North Carolina that allows you to still be guilty and legally guilty but express yourself publicly as innocent. And so which, which is ridiculous. Like to me it's their rationale was it's about free speech. You can still be uh, say whatever you want even though in the court and that's till this day. So they what? had a second really it's very strange in kind of criminal procedure. I don't know if there's very few cases. I don't even know another one there are probably maybe a few where they've been found guilty and then pled guilty again to get out of jail. So they pled guilty to first degree murder. And I put it on my show. I, You can see this yeah. uh, hearing that they had with Lazar where they're like, you're guilty. All three of them said guilty. They pled guilty again. Um, so I don't know. And with the best lawyers would like, like Reardon was legit. Like this is not a, he's a specific type of specialist lawyers doing appeals. Right. so they all pled guilty again they were on probation probation for 10 years and uh now but they've still been kind of hemming and hauling. they still do the public thing of the woe is me and i i've been unjustly convicted but they've always used this kind of public thing that there's dna of the stepfather that they found right so the government didn't go out and retest the dna that's also very important because that came up everything.
1: about a year ago too, right? Something yeah, it's just DNA. it's
0: been up for a while, and so it's still right. Up. They also and now they've blamed like it's been thirty years. The evidence drawer is like been corrupted.
1: There was a fire, so, and then all of a sudden, they oh, it's all destroyed, and then all of a sudden, someone found it in a different locker. Apparently,
0: right. it's something strange like that. Yeah, so I haven't really kind you know like I wrote my written my book, but I'm f- I'm familiar with what they're doing. Yeah. Anyway, it wouldn't matter anyway if something DNA they found some third person. It it's in the only it's in the weak minds of the public to yeah. think that that would be enough evidence to to take it away from them and convict them. Now the reason that they led to their conviction is that there were witnesses to the to seeing Eccles on site. A whole family saw Eccles on the yeah. night nearby on a road, out muddy right. So you you were in. He was uh, whoever committed the crime had to get wet and muddy to hide the bodies and then he admitted it at a softball game and there were little kids that were brought up to the stand who who heard him say yeah I did it and I'm going to kill two more people so that's what the jury saw amongst other evidence and he's obviously prevaricating on the stand and I thought the uh, prosecutor did a good job so they were unanimously convicted there was not like some kind of like they got due process if anybody on earth has gotten due process of the law they're constitutional these guys have it there's did. been appeals and just so much uh, time has been used looking at these guys' cases over and over again. So
1: now, what do you make of the Hollywood, like the Hollywood connection
0: and all that? <clears throat> I think that they there's something about Eccles that they are fellow travelers. He is clearly right. an occultist. I mean, I think that that's it. And there was provable cases that I mean, not provable. But there's evidence that he was a member of the OTO in Arkansas. They wrote an article, the OTO in Arkansas. And this is kind of like what really triggered my interest was this whole Crowley stuff. Sorry. But there is a article in the OTO. It's called SK-931. That was Eccles' kind of jail number that talks about him being a thelemite. It's a very uh, specific term to like Crowley, thelema, Right. right, Will? Um, so he's a Thilemite, and there's actually the OTO chapter, or they call it an oasis, in Arkansas, has what's called the Damien Eccles Library. So it's all of his occult books are there. I like, didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah. So you can, no you, can go, you can just go on, on Google and type in SK-931. You can read the article. And that he had a, he was like a mitted member at some point while he was in jail. So he's an admitted member of the El Crowley's OTO. It wasn't divine he, clean, divine. he was a,
1: a Buddhist too
0: at one point. Mama. Correct. Yeah. He was a Shinto
1: yeah. something priest or something. And then the moment he got out, he like hightailed to Salem, Massachusetts, right? Correct. So
0: he went to Salem because he yeah. identified with the witch trials and the witch hunt. So right. that was kind of like while he was there. And he went back to his old practitioner. There's all kinds of videos of him with his yeah. magic wands and, and tarot cards. Getting energy work, he's Johnny he Depp got tattoos right? with Johnny Depp Reiki. Um, yeah. Peter Jackson has one of his tattoos. He does a tattoo in the style uh, similar to actually another occultist, cruelly loving occultist who died recently, Kenneth Anger, who died. Oh, he Marco did die. OMA. I had heard he had yeah, did. did a show on that, so you can check that out at William Ramsey yes. Investigates. But his time ta- so you can see them having the same thing it's the theban on it's on the cover of my book so it's a circle yeah theban alphabet which is also known as the witch language right it's basically just a cipher for the uh english alphabet right so something turns into a b c and actually and, uh, interesting the form, thing is, that,
1: I, is it like what well, forgive me for not knowing this but is it, it has something to do with the the runes Like the uh, like
0: thorn. It's kind of like that. It's not runic. It's not Nordic. It goes back Thebes, so back in like ancient Greece, Thebes was kind of like where the witches were or something like that. So it has kind of an ancient history thing. Okay, I think the the um, maidens or something like that were there. uh, I can't remember what was it the oracle Oracle of Thebes. Remember the Oracle Oracle of Thebes.
2: Thebes? Yeah. So it's
0: the same Thebes. So the Theban alphabet. It's like a state in like the old. You know, Greek states, so there'd be Sparta, Athens, Thebes. Yeah, so that's that's what it references, but it's still kind of like the what known as the witch language. But that's actually popped up in court. Like there was something where they had between his arrest and his trial, he was doing a cipher of his name with some kind of other language that corresponded to English. Yeah, and the prosecutor brought it up and it had his name, Jason Baldwin's name, and Alistair Crowley's name. And actually, really, I mean, it's it's incredible that this is still going on. Like, as somebody who's kind of a a decent Alistair Crowley scholar, but he was on Tim Pool. Like, Tim Pool is a, has a very important to reach. Like, he has huge followers. He's on there. He's just Tim Pool is doing a terrible job. Like, just right, a ridiculous. I job. He has no clue about the case. He right. starts off going, "Yeah, man, they tried to kill you. Arkansas tried to kill you," and it just goes on and on. But Eccles says it in the end of that. He says the two most important people who influenced him were Alistair Crowley and Joel Osteen, which is really strange. Joel Osteen. Uh, Joel Osteen. Yeah, they're the... Uh, yeah, yeah. Televangelist or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Pseudo-Christian. But uh, still, so he died, I think it was this year when he did that, when he did the um, Tim Pool show. So well, Tim Pool, I have my own thoughts on, but we won't get into that. But uh, Well, we can talk. be interested to see what your thoughts are. I... Uh, he kind of came out of nowhere. I'm, I think 18, uh, you know. I yeah. think it's a, you know. There's shows for all different types of people, and I think his audience may not be really the they not may not be the brightest uh, you know squad. <laughs> I don't think it's the eight, the intellectual eighteen is he, right. Uh, right, right. Because he would not get away. I mean, these documents are readily available. Here's the thing: yeah. you can go read the court documents. You can read all of Jesse Miss con- uh confessions. There's like seven, six or seven confess- confessions recorded even the first confession is recorded you can just hear him talk right um so it's obviously not being tortured or something like that and they actually were so dense in this article on on innocence project they didn't know it was recorded and i looked up on youtube and there's the recording of it so they say there was no recorded of the first confession you can just go just type in jesse miss kelly's first confession june 6 1993 it's online like they couldn't even find it online these are lawyers at the Innocence Project. Right, <laughs> it's right. astonishing. Like, this is in, so
1: stupid. Not even internet researchers. These are the lawyers that are paid to do this, to find... I don't thing.
0: know if this person who wrote the article is a lawyer, but that is a group... The Innocence Project, the core, are attorneys. Right, wow. So this is, like, elementary yeah. stuff. Yeah, achievements, all kinds. So you can see his confessions. You can see the 500-page site report. You can yeah. see... I mean, these are all such inter, uh, such important things to understand that Jesse confessed after he was convicted. Over and over again, these recordings are all old. Yeah, we did it. They did it. This reminds me
1: of when I was researching Columbine. All those all those documents are readily available too, and there's a whole, that's a rabbit hole. Uh, that, so there's it a lot more
0: going on. Those guys were yes. very strange. They were on. There were other shooters, polarized.
1: and I know people that saw other shooters that weren't the yeah. two Patsies. And I will say, Patsies. Um, involved with that, but I'm saying it doesn't surprise him when you bring up uh, you know, the issues with this case, and that uh, things that are right out in the open, it's almost like they don't want to find these things.
0: They don't mention him. Eccles says, like, he's like, I've been possessed by the spirit of a dead woman. I heard that. Uh, he had some kind of entity who took him on yeah. night journeys, called Rosie, who licked his hand, and said, right. we have great things in store for you. You know, that that's kind of the play on my... Uh, on the title of the book abomination is he said that abominations are going to be on the earth so he's writing all this heavy duty stuff down yeah um it's all there it's like it's all overlooked it's so embarrassing like he said (laughs) people like they can't even pick up my book like my book is on like the free library it's on like uh, archive.org
1: your book got got attacked like with dave's books right like program to kill like people like the one-star bandits they call them like they give you bad reviews on amazon and then they give you one star just to make the credibility go down and everything that's a tactic that still goes on to this day my friend donald jeffries he deals with it all the time
0: well it's interesting you say that because one of the people who gave me a one-star review and called me a schizophrenic was a guy by the name of avid reader and then somebody looked up to see who avid reader was. You want to take a guess who it was? Michael Aquino. <laughs> Damien Eccles. Damian Eccles. Yeah. Wow. And they traced it back because they could trace his taste in books and clothes, so they right. knew it was Eccles. Wow. He had like he had like five star other things on there. So literally, the guy who I was writing about. Give
1: one, <laughs> you, star. one star and then the and then the review. You're a jerk. This is not
0: real. This is fake. Oh, look, <laughs> just go look. You can go to Amazon right now. He no, actually like gave it. one stars to other people who were critical of him. Wow. So you can see, you can just look at Average Reader and see yeah. what he was doing. Average uh, reader. So he was like, Yeah, so he was giving one star. So these guys are fighting the battle in the public mind. They're definitely fighting a propaganda battle. That's the whole part of it. That's what really yeah. people cannot penetrate. Didn't he have like a PR case.
1: firm behind him too?
0: Yeah, so his, his name is Ronnie Sorry. So he just yeah. came after me recently. They don't want me to have any public influence in any way, shape, or form. So they were actually, in my opinion, they were cyberbullying. Cyber oh, uh, yeah. He and Lavenda and this other guy uh, were cyberbullying me on Twitter, uh, really insulting me and coming after and attack, really attacking me. like cyber. Twitter would not mod- moderate that. you know. So it was pretty yeah. interesting. But, but they'll um,
1: kick everyone else off, though, for uh, making oh yeah, or oh something. yeah.
0: So yeah, I mean, but that's like the road, you know, the road I've traveled for a decade. This is really, I mean, it's pretty I bad. Know. These are bad people, so they can't pen. It's hard for the public to get through that there's actually yeah. other people supporting him who are full fo- fellow travelers of his worldview. Almost like he has if you go army. look into Johnny Depp, look at yeah. Johnny Depp's background, people surrounding him, who he's friends with, who he idolized, his business Hunter partner Thompson. disappeared. Remember, his business partner disappeared. There's a couple, yeah,
1: yeah. And to this I day... Mean, and, you know, I his ex wife do...
0: was terrified of her life, whatever her name, yeah. uh, Amber Heard. Like, that was part that came through that whole public case is that she was afraid yeah. of her life. And Elon Musk was like offering to help her. He was a part so, of that, yes, yeah.
2: Um, just gonna well, say well, yeah, one thing Hunter, Hunter adrenochrome,
1: <laughs> adrenochrome, yeah. Well, <laughs> he, he says, says it in the
0: movie. Thompson's background man, yeah. he's, he's yeah. on the Dev, David Letterman saying, I like to kill. He's wasted he out of his mind, and he but had his, his drug, hand wrapped up. His yeah, wrapped his up. drug regimen yeah. was off the charts,
1: and uh, he—well, was it Johnny uh, Johnny Notch? Uh, how do you pronounce that? Uh, I almost said Johnny Gosh, but that's that's Franklin scandal, I believe. Um, but it
0: ties in, right? The Franklin scandal. Right. The guy who wrote the Franklin book, makes makes a mention of Huntress Thompson. Right? Well, that's what I'm
1: saying. the the The, the victim had mentioned that hunter thompson was the director of a child snuff film and he would get on a
0: plane and go to balloonian grove and And i'm trying to remember thompson that's what he's doing moving around all the time
1: and then he his death even was under weird circumstances too I don't know if it connects with all that stuff, but apparently he was writing something about September 11th and the World Trade Center and controlled demolition because I remember at the time Infowars was reporting on it it was 2005. But anyway, that's a that's a different story. But um,
0: have you ever read the one story? I think it's in Hey Rube um, where he's talking about satanists picking up dead bodies and disposing dead bodies and stuff
1: i have heard uh, i've come across that before yeah and he also wrote a letter to someone saying to not get involved with certain people that like the powers that be i forget exactly what he called them but apparently he had an actual letter that was printed in uh maybe nick bryant one of nick bryant's books
0: um interesting
1: yeah and it was actually his handwriting and everything he was like do not get involved with these people and uh, I think it's on Dave McGowan's Weird Scenes Inside the Canyon uh uh Facebook group I believe mm-hmm. which I'm a part of but anyway did you ever come across anything with Michael Aquino and damian Eccles? not to my knowledge Okay no. he, he mentioned something. Anton little... LaVey <laughs> did
0: He mentioned Anton LaVey in one of his like I think it was his social security thing but yeah nothing about Aquino but
1: Okay they had
0: some guy that they could never find who they called, these guys called Lucifer. So they had some kind of higher up that they seemed to be in communication with, but that right. was never kind of came out in the right. whole thing. So there was some, I mean, obviously it was a code name, but uh, it was in this statement that they gave to the police, this really interesting statement by Alvis Clem Bly. That was his name. So you can read the Bly statement. It never made it yeah. to the court trial. But okay. this guy leaves out everything: what they were doing at Stonehenge, the black uh, briefcase, Lucifer, what they knew, the book they were reading, the kind of yeah. rituals they were doing. So they were getting into kind of like not like also very esoteric, esoteric books, if you want to call it that a of books that nobody really knew what they were really getting into. Nobody knew the actual book, right? So right. it wasn't like something obvious like uh, the Encyclopedia of Witchcraft, which echoes asked for one. They had yeah. some book that nobody knows that they they might have gotten inspired to do some kind of weird ritual. I don't know.
2: Well, what kind of books was he getting while he was in prison?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that's a great, great question because they have a lot of those books. What happened was they were in Jonesboro, right? So I think that's where the jail was. And his wife, his current wife, was kind of like the go-between between Eccles and a lot of these celebrities and a lot of right. these supporters. And they had a uh, they rented one of the garages, like one of these rental uh, spaces, right? And then they they didn't pay it. They left and they left all their stuff there and a guy walked in. You can actually uh, read this story on YouTube if you feel like researching. I forgot his name. John, I've talked to him. Rob Horn actually. I think his name was Rob Horn. And so he bought it and he had a list of all these books that he had. So you could tell people would send him books in jail for him to read. And so you could kind of get an idea of what he was reading. I have to go back and look at that. But actually, uh, Ed Opperman did an interview with him. Robert. So you can get that. And there were also weird writings in there. Really kind of where he says, I'm not uh, a devil. I am the devil in his own handwriting. That's what Ecclesworth Rose writing. And he there were some uh, very... Yeah. Uh, in crim, uh, yeah, there was stuff there that Rob actually sent back to them, like it was personal belongings. That,
1: uh, there was a rumor that even Maury Terry's book, uh, was on his list. I don't, I could never find out if that was,
0: uh,
1: definite or not.
0: I don't remember. I actually think somewhere in my research, I do have a list of the books that Rob had because that was what his job was. So he's buying these old, you know. Like you see yeah. that on TV where people buy these kind of abandoned uh, yeah. rental spots. So that was his job was to buy them and resell the stuff. Oh, so the I pictures. think he made a list yeah. to resell all of it. So he wanted to resell the books and his belongings right. and things like that. I don't know what ever came of that. Right.
1: Like the American pickers and all that. They go. And, exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Well, what do you make of the other suspects that were supposed suspects that were uh, they came about over the years? I, mean, my, I I'll, Full disclosure, I have a show with uh, Chuck Ocelli. He's uh, my producer of uh, The Ocelli Effect, who you've been Chuck. on uh, quite yeah, a few times, on. talked about the smiley face killer and even this this topic as well. I don't know what to make of Chuck's opinion on it, but he, he thinks it's a, a certain way. It, um, I had heard uh, some other people say that the stepdad, the stepfather could have been an accomplice to it even but what are your thoughts on the john, mark john mark byers Mark Byers
0: he's passed away
1: yeah well what do you what, um, do you what is your take on the other possible suspects that were named over the years
0: well they were not acting alone like you like i mentioned that guy the alvis alvin clem uh what was his name anyway Bly, his statement like there were multiple people and then the police there's actually stuff in the police reports where they had different people who they thought were part of this group right so it wasn't just Baldwin, Miss Kelly, and Eccles. They were involved in all kinds, and he had an ex girlfriend who he even admitted in, um, oh God, Life After Death. That was his book. His ex girlfriend went, his, the parents of his ex girlfriend took her and put her in some kind of anti cult deprogramming. programming. Right. Like, <laughs> de-programming. so that so he admitted that. My right. point is, is that there seems to be a lot more people involved. So the only thing that happened, there's actually a really interesting statement by Rick. So I've read all these statements. These i you can look at all of these in my podcast, William Ramsey investigates. But one of these statements was Ricky Clymer. His name was Ricky Climber, and he talked to the police, young guy. And they asked him at the very end of his the statement, they asked him, Do you think that there's other people involved? And Clymer says, Yes. And he says, but you don't want to tag them. You don't want to tag them and implicate them. And he said something like yes. I don't exactly remember.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it reminds me of the probably. Son of Sam cult. That the whole Sons idea. Sons of Sam, right. Sons Which of is Sam. clearly
0: like multi-state. All oh, kinds yeah. of things. And there's a lot of deaths around that too.
1: The process. It's speculated
0: church. that the other deaths around this thing. That this yeah. is just one of a series of things that went wrong. This is the one that they got busted for. Right. And on the night, there's this whole thing of like the innocence type people who, like the Terry Dunnett, they, they, they moved from John Mark Byers as being involved to Terry Ops. So that's his, his DNA, which it really isn't his DNA. It's not 100% right. his DNA, was what they always say. But they always blame it. They bring up this guy called, this is a factual event called the, um, what was it? What was it? it there, there was a, a restaurant that's been torn down. And yeah. so they called him, not the Stonehenge guy. But they call him something else. There, there, was a bathroom incident. A cop went to it. A dude yeah. was in there, covered with blood and excrement, which is real or, or mud, like something really weird. Like he locked himself in the bathroom around yeah. the time of when they think the murders happened, and then disappeared. He was African American. Yeah. And there was also something else that night where uh, a taxi driver said a guy got a taxi and told me to, told me to drive him 400 miles and paid it. So, like these are extraordinary events on the same night of wow. this extraordinary death. Um, so, yeah. it would indicate to me that more people were involved, more people knew about it, and right. still knew about it to this day. So, other people were involved. That's my opinion. They called the guy that it wasn't the Stone Age guy. It was called. The,
1: it just seems like, not to go too far off the topic, but it just seems like, especially with like uh, Dave's work and Program to Kill, it just seems like all these lone nut uh, or lone wolf serial killers are usually a part of a larger network or a cult, or even some have suggested even intelligence agencies using it as a front kind of thing, and... That would make a lot of sense in a weird way. You know what I mean? Like if you were going to have political hits that were being passed off as random serial killings right, right, right. or even a cult stuff, you, even with like different cults and things like that. Like uh, Ted Bundy supposedly was a part of a cult. And then you got John Wayne Gacy, a couple of victims that survived, said they heard other people talking to John Wayne Gacy in the house when they were like uh, blindfolded and things like that. So it's a much larger thing in, in my opinion And you know just based on your work And with Dave's work And
0: I, I really Do think other people were involved with this case Like I think a lot of people knew I think yeah. people covered it up There's clearly people knew like they took Miss Kelly's shoes Yeah. There's a, a recorded statement of another Kid it said Miss Kelly was crying And gave his muddy shoes away So the sense was A lot of people in that area knew Something happened and there's other cases too, like the DC sniper. It's like he wanted to kill his wife, but who who else knows he was he was really targeting? And and you he know, he was what? killing people all over the country. Actually. I have I have Muhammad. evidence. I have evidence that
1: um, that could have been a, uh, a a whole cleanup crew of 911 witnesses down at the Pentagon. I'm planning on doing a special on that eventually, but I want to make surprise sure. Surprise
0: me at all? Wouldn't I want to make you. sure
1: all my ducks are in a row before I present what
0: did, that. Yeah, didn't that? What did the Police chief say to him, "Duck in the noose. Duck in the noose.
1: That's Duck in right. the noose. Almost like trigger words, uh, MK Ultra type stuff.
0: I sent Donald. And, and these guys were, all have military backgrounds, right? So he's in the military. He had lot of
1: thousands of dollars in his pocket, and yeah. yet he's sleeping at a YMCA. He has shades <laughs> of Mark David Chapman, who also and Timothy McVeigh. They always have wads of cash, but they they don't have any jobs. They're flying all over the country, sometimes the world." And then they have front, like hmm. uh, in the case of Chapman and John Hinckley, you got World Vision, you know? So
0: anyway, that's like a on. pattern. Wow. You're just getting right. pattern recognition. Right. Holy smokes. And then yeah, uh, think... Kenneth Theor- uh, Kenneth Anger, who died, has a, has a connection to Chapman. Chapman yes. gave him a bullet and met him, I think, in Hawaii. I've so there's like weird too. stuff all the way around it. And Anger yeah. did some kind of weird public kind of ritual at the Pentagon, which yes. was the groundbreaking was September 11th, 1944. 41. Yes. Yeah, so like there's just so many heavy-duty like, no, like controllers are pulling strings like people cannot believe. It's really amazing. But the West Memphis Three, clearly they, were, they used to go across Bojangles. That's the name of the guy. Bojangles. He was like right. the Bo-get, Bojangles man. He was like, yeah. well, he's the perp. Well, I mean, me, I mean, if you ask me my opinion, it was that he was there too. There were multiple people there, like it was a big event, yeah. and they just uh, asked these guys, and just like you said, McGowan. You know, I think it's easier for law enforcement to just kind of narrow into somebody. It satisfies everything; they get their accolades, they get awarded, the public's uh, satisfied. Even Henry, Lee uh, justice Lucas, has right? been done. So the same, that's why that's yeah, why the both? guy from Son of Sam. That's why he. Yeah, that's why they just focused on him. It was a lot easier story
2: Well, what if the cops guess? are involved?
1: Well, there's that. That's other
2: well. story. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, the, the plea they made him take is like an oxymoron. How do you plead guilty to something and then tell everybody you didn't do it? Yeah, which makes no sense to me because I've I've been to prison a couple times, so I've been through some court cases, and that just that plea just makes no sense to me whatsoever. So to me, it sounds like they're the police and the courts are trying to cover something up.
0: That's the whole scary thing about the big global cult even in yeah. smaller things is go look at the process church and the people involved in the process church it's not some kind of like uh trailer park you know lower class they're talking about lawyers and judges and all these other people higher ups being involved so if it's even be-
1: bands like blue oyster cult connected to the process
0: church yeah. hmm. go go listen to don't fear the reaper right i mean it's all the secret code words there's all kinds of stuff going on in there. Dude. And I like Holy this song, so it's nice kind of, <laughs> it it like to have book.
1: to hear that, you know what I mean? But yeah, no, just the influence that the Process Church has on culture in general, if that's the case. And I have to think that Blue Oyster Cult was probably not the exception, you know, when it comes to a lot of these different genres of music or even movies. And we know how the, the CIA has a liaison to Hollywood and the CIA likes to get involved with these cults or even like be a create them even anyway i'm going on a soapbox again so so tom uh when you uh disappeared off the screen for a little bit i i noticed that you you had some questions there and uh i kept talking all
2: uh, right i i sorry dude i was probably stressing over the fact that i lost my internet and i kind of forgot the question i was gonna uh, well this was kind of the question that question i got out was the question i was gonna ask oh about the guilty thing but not No, about the police being involved oh the police yeah
0: there was they tried to pin it on the police actually eccles just recently changed his possible perp on this tim pool show to somebody in the police department which i would never heard before so I'm gonna which have is to also that yeah it just blows your mind when you look over the real facts of the case there I, was a, there was an issue with the cops there was an investigation for the police there's something in the evidence locker around that time um disappeared not that much money really like 4 or 500 bucks but it caused this huge Kerfuffle and they went back and looked through everything and they, they interviewed all the cops that were around the West Memphis PD. Yeah. And they really couldn't get to the bottom of who stole the money, but they had to like justify where all the other evidence was and things like that. So that was like a evident. That's what people used to say the West Memphis PD was corrupt, like it's inherently corrupt. Right. But the reality is, is that they were not too corrupt to have gone through a very long process to try to find the perp who stole the stuff out of the evidence locker and interview all their cops. So that's not something a corrupt PD would do if they're trying to get to the bottom of it. So that's kind of an interesting element about the West Memphis, the context of the yeah. we, of where the West Memphis Three cases happened. And also John Mark Byers was known to them. I think he had been arrested for fencing higher-end watches and he was a drug dealer and his wife mysteriously died after um After the murders, and she was like a heavy duty like uh, IV drug user, and he was at, under investigation for murdering her, huh. and he just never. And he's passed away, but yeah. there was they didn't have any evidence to really charge him. But that was in their that's in their own uh, court, their own kind of document files. Is this huge? Not you know, a legit police investigation into her death. So that's another evidence they were doing yeah. police work like they were trying to see if he actually did kill his wife um which you know he was the last one with her super suspect ob you know it it's a good make way sense to get Yeah, with somebody well, so that we... to be the police there's no evidence i mean and there was a guy by the name of Jerry Driver who was the parole mm. officer i believe so yeah he you know uh was kind of one of the earlier people around he's passed away too he retired but a lot of these guys moved on like the the actual lawyers who were involved in the case all kind of went on to good careers so the one lawyer for miss kelly became a judge Burnett moved up who was the uh, the trial judge at the time so i think he made it to the appellate and then the prosecutor fogelman has a very good reputation so he went on i don't know what happened to price but a lot of these guys were legit like so the story that like the lawyers were corrupting out that just doesn't hold water it's fake it's a propaganda just like everything is full lies right. and mind control and propaganda and that's an interesting component of this whole thing like you talked about these kind of like uh program to kill people Eccles has a secret book that nobody's read i can't really? find a copy of it it's called mind magic right so it's kind of almost like instead of mind control it's using magic to influence people or something like that but is, it, does it have a forward,
1: forward by michael aquino
2: i wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't be surprised
0: but i think he's a very good astute uh shaper of other people's minds and i think that that's really kind of the inside element of it so when he goes on these shows he just knows that he's totally manipulating these people in my opinion this is my opinion i think that he knows he's manipulating people they have no clue you can just see these people get worked like this, uh, he's treated like, like a rock star. He's treated right. like a, a rock star. Go watch the Tim Poole interview like two hours. It'll just blow your mind. Like this guy, they're literally sitting in front of a guy who's been guilty, found yeah. guilty twice by court proceedings.
2: Now, how long was, was he in prison for?
0: 18 years, I think.
2: 18 years. Okay, so he had 18 years to sit in a cell and develop this because mm-hmm. that's exactly what he did because he knows he's manipulating these people.
0: Absolutely.
2: He and everybody's right behind him. You know, and I'm, I'm pretty open to the to this case. Is I'm not really sure what happened. You know what I mean? Um, but it definitely seems like there's some shady stuff still going on.
0: Oh, super shady. It's still yeah. going on. The Innocence yeah. Project. I mean, imagine in your mind a guy who goes through court and gets found guilty. So he gets found guilty in 1994 and then pleads guilty with the best attorneys in 2011 in the Innocence Project, which is supposed to get people out who've been unjustly found guilty. So right. he's actually pled guilty and he's in an environment where these attorneys and these other people, this Innocence Project is huge. It's a money-making opera, uh, yeah. enterprise. It's not just a cultural enterprise, but they have somebody on there who they say was wrongly convicted uh, yeah. just this last week.
1: It's amazing.
0: innocent. I mean, this is a huge issue because they're actually – very savvy public publicity-wise, they're getting on the. They've somehow got Joe Rogan, who is a very hit and miss on certain topics, but they That's seem the to nowadays. have him under us. This is the number yeah. one media figure in the whole world. Like he out yeah. and he and Tucker Carlson outdo yeah. the entire corporate media with one show. Like right, they get ten million views, and no, no nobody intelligent is watching corporate media anymore. It's only idiots. So he's got yeah. kind of the so, so-called smarter people. Yeah. And he's promoting, they just had a guy on who did a crime who killed a little kid and they got him out it's a, it's a, and so he's on there, he's like, wow you guys really didn't commit it. Well, they're letting him think that. The Innocence Project, they got him out but they have not exonerated him. These are very important legal terms, guilty, exoneration right. um, that people just kind of casually, like like-mindedly gloss over. Like, this is a legal process that ended up in your guilt. Well, like, well, I, so people will say oh, I don't think he's guilty. He's guilty as a matter of fact like objective fact like right. we are in a globe in a solar system and there's a sun you are right. guilty you are found guilty at law and right. found guilty twice and so these this innocence project my point is is this innocence project the echoes is one part of a larger phenomenon of <laughs> these guys kind of tinkering with the american judicial system and just blatantly assuming that everything that happened was unjust and it's a much larger issue but these, there's like a symbiosis between those who found guilty and the Innocence Project to, uh, I would call, I mean, there's a lot of words, that some some are not appropriate, but to influence <laughs> the public mind
1: uh, mess with in a negative way is a good way. Right. This has it. shades of uh, the syndrome that wasn't a real syndrome, the false memory syndrome to me. Interesting, yeah. There's so a lot of which is now disbanded or whatever the appropriate word is. Right before COVID, <laughs> I think is- in two thousand eighteen. It, it was never an actual syndrome, but it it victimized a lot of victims, in my opinion. And I when you it. say when you say this about the uh, Innocence Project, I don't know. It, it just it has similar. It gives me similar uh, thoughts. For some go reason, go
0: look at the people they're promoting. Go look at a lot of these innocence people they've got out a lot of these guys were had like their due process rights done like they were convicted in a court that's right. why we have this system i mean you can go through simple civics that's why you have a jury that's why people can you know have a jury trial with a judge and they get their own prosecutor yeah. then they get a defense attorney and they go through this process where they gather evidence and then somebody gets to a conviction or not like they right. just had this guy who was the ex nfl player like something happened he got his stay in court and they said He's not guilty to whatever happened that night. He wasn't guilty of what the charges were. Yeah. Well, a lot of these guys, the Innocence Project is, is supporting, have gone through and gotten their due process. So there's something very strange in the. There, some of these payouts, like if you these states are paying out seven figure salaries. Um. Yeah. So, this whole innocence fraud, and you can look. I would recommend listening to Roberta Glass about innocence fraud. There's actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of people online, you can see, like these they're on to this, that this innocence fraud is fake. It's the same thing happened with Adnan Syed. And there's yeah. a huge issue with the nexus between the innocence fraudsters and the new media where people are cl- clearly making a bu- in my opinion, making a buck off of saying that the state didn't do it right. So Adnan Syed had just like uh, Damien Eccles had this huge public thing through this whole thing with uh, Sarah Koenig and whatever her, her podcast was. I mean, that's why they, like, oh, this whole thing is unjust, and he's done. All the evidence showed that he did it, that he mur- he took his ex-girlfriend and strangled her to death. They yeah. had a first-person witness say that, <laughs> and now he's out of jail. It's almost like this whole thing with West Memphis Street, and actually one of the One of his friends said, "We're going to try to do like the West Memphis Three for Adnan Syed. Like she knew what happened with West Memphis Three. Literally, Roberta Glass, check it out. She knows much more about innocence fraud than I do. But it's becoming a huge problem, I think, in the modern culture. And a lot of those uh, true crime documentaries that are on Netflix are like based upon innocence fraud. The same thing, where they're ignoring stuff that happened in the court case to make a much more."
1: The Uh, Making of a Murderer, that series. Right, Making
0: of a Murderer. Even though, even the Paradise Lost, they left so much out, and so the public mind really latches on. I've had these interviews with a lot of. You can go back through my kind of. uh, Yes. You know, I watched all three documentaries. I know everything about this case. You don't know squat. You are. This is from Hollywood. This is HBO. You have been mine. Like, there's really bad terms. You are. You are in Jonestown, baby. If you watch those right. three documents and yeah. documentaries and think you know something about this case, you're already available to read. They omitted so much that omission is the greatest form of lie. Just like royal said, so whenever you see omissions from a narrative, you have to think something's going on. And I think that a lot of these true crime documentaries, they're they putting do these things together to create, you know, public excitement or debate because it it makes them money. It, it gets them farther up. And I think like that's yeah, what happens. The you should go see. Yeah. Like there's like a picture of the three guilty perps with Berlinger and Sanofsky in the head of HBO's documentary and they're yeah. clapping them. It is the most surreal thing on earth. How whacked that is. Like right. you have and they're all they're all Jews too, which is really weird. Like there's there's oh, Innocence Project has a lot of Jews. Like it's some kind of weird worldview. I don't know what's going on, but they're literally clapping for guys who killed were found guilty of killing three killing eight-year-old children. kids and yeah. fading them through Hollywood. Right. Like, and that's the whole. And like, you see them sitting next to Sarah Silverman, and all these yes. other people are really comfortable. I'm like, it's a child killer. I don't want this guy within a hundred yards of me or ten miles. It's so bizarre. Right. It's some kind of weird thing of worldview. It's almost the like the system is inherently the just unjust. Right. And they're all hillbillies, you know. Like that's the oh, whole right. thing that affected the public mind. I think it's a coastal thing. So anything out of Arkansas is inherently already evil. It's all Christians who we hate. And they're 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 all these people are members of the KKK. So whatever happens, if we screw them, we're doing a good thing for humanity. Who cares if these guys killed three kids? I really think there's something like that going on. So well, it's I like the coastal elites pushing against, like, like an acceptance,
1: people. acceptance of child killing.
0: <sighs> Like oh, Hollywood is totally evil. I mean, this is a there's a I could I should have brought up that picture, but it's unbelievable. I've yeah. seen it
1: before, yes, and it is chilling. I forgot
0: what her name was. She's like a, a heralded yeah. person, like this woman achieved these things. These documentaries raped, in my opinion. I'm not, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that these three docu they're not documentaries. They're as legit. I've said this before, there's as legit as spinal tap. They are mockumentaries. They're mocking yep. the truth, they're mocking the uh. The legal system, they're mocking jurisprudence. Yeah, and I to me they're like part of the problem. Berlinger and Sanofsky Sanofsky died. There's another picture of all these guys together. So you would think like there would be an objective, uh, you know, person like I'm gonna objectively look at this case in a fair, balanced manner and get a bunch of people. There's a picture of Burlinger sitting with Baldwin, the perp of the killing, yeah. with a lot of their supporters in hollywood they were known as the kgb they were you know very we can go into that and the and the head and not in another executive of hbo
2: like yeah. they're
0: all together at some kind of like christmas party or something well let's like just party. remember
1: let's hbo the public put out-
0: thinks the, these guys are legit they think that they're objective no they're not
1: well let's just remember hbo put out the movie with james woods about the mcmartin case That's right yeah. and that was a travesty too and oliver stone of all people was oliver a part stone, were a yeah. part of it you know so and who know, did they
0: pin it on didn't they didn't they say it was a witch hunt and it was it a witch hunt the satanic
1: panic and uh right. no abuse was going on and yeah but
2: little kids just make just make that stuff up in their head every day
1: yeah like 400 kids? Kids.
0: A lot of yeah. kids there's a lot of little. strange deaths around there too cop died the mother the mother ended up dying yeah um but yeah, that's a whole, case. Those oh, cases that's a whole other, other case.
1: I am very fascinated by that just because I'm pretty sure that it was proven that the, ton- the kids weren't lying about the tunnels like in the end.
0: Ed Opperman talked to the guy. I forgot yes. his name. I think it was Steiner who said that he did the excavation. There was a tunnel from yeah. that property underneath yeah. and then to an apartment building nearby.
1: It was a house, it was a garage. A it went right up into the garage. Uh, yeah. and uh, it
0: interesting a... too, that that whole place it's almost like the places where real crimes happen, they yeah. get bulldozed. And so I, I live by that. I'm one city over from Manhattan Beach, oh, and wow. they bulldozed that and turned it into like a dry cleaning place, so it's gone. And the same thing happened with where this crime happened in West of Memphis. They took that Robin Hood Hills and chopped every tree down, and it's just a, a vacant lot now.
1: It just reminds me of when uh, yeah, Kurt Cobain died. Uh, what did he, Courtney do? She had the greenhouse
0: bulldozed down. <laughs> who, who was the be, who was the biggest benef- beneficiary from his death? Courtney Love, <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: But anyway, that's a different topic. But
0: well, it is. It just shows that there's a lot more to these stories. So the West Memphis three is a perfect example. They yeah. they've delivered on a plate, a nicely fashioned, easily digestible story for the weak-minded americans are stupid they will that's why (laughs) why you know it's fake is that this is can't be believable that they took somebody wearing a rock and roll t-shirt and what put them through this whole process like there's so many more steps that you have to do and then the appeals thing you can type into the internet west memphis 3 jesse miss kelly appeal you have it the supreme court is looking at the facts they're, yeah. they're assessors of the facts. So anyway, they put in the stupid, easily digestible, easily uh, denied or con- contradicted story. They do that them. with a
1: lot of these cases. Yeah. Right. And make yeah. it easily that's, that's
0: really the benefit of PTK is like he's looking past those those uh, rudimentary stories, like the connections yeah. of Leonard Lake and Richard Ng and these guys. And that cover actually is, that is a guy, a real occult crime that a guy had a downward-facing pentagram carved into his chest. That's yeah. the cover of PTK. People That's right.
1: Know. Yeah, no, you're right. Tom,
2: your, uh, your closing thoughts. Um, I, I just want to ask him a question about that uh, oh, yeah. this, the uh, DNA testing that he's wanting to do here recently. Um, if this kid didn't, if he did it, why would he keep wanting to press this new... DNA thing
0: because there's somebody else out there. He's not the perpetrator, right? That's going right. to find the hidden, you know yeah. Rumbling behind the tree what gotcha. happens even if they find let's say that they do test this and there's some contradictory DNA What does that mean? Right. Only an idiot would think that that means that person did it. That's the next step. That's what they're into Inferring to the public. It doesn't mean anything. There's all kinds of cross-contamination They found a hair or something these kids were playing at each other's house their shoes yes. who cares that's not proof right it's so dumb it's totally only an idiot would think that this dna testing is worthwhile that's the problem Yeah. no other way to look at it it's totally stupid there's other evidence that led to their conviction well i first it's not like secondary evidence the first person saw them at the site of the crime a yeah. whole family testified to that they were at the uh softball field they had kids who saw them say, "I killed them." They've confessed, I mean, they've confessed in jail to other people too, so it's not even just like what happened to trial. They could not go back to court because all the, there's so much aggregation of information that happened even after 1994. They would be decimated. So this whole DNA is just a full on public publicity thing to garner, in my opinion, more support, more money, more funds, more sympathy more patreon payments well yeah paying
2: for damian nichols Eccles, or whatever his last name is (laughs) pretty much
0: yeah i mean mean, that's uh, how he's making his money selling books and he does talks and he gets paid go look at his patreon where's his patreon now how much money is he making off patreon
1: now one of the other kids uh ended up being a part of the legal side of uh things right like uh, damian was kind of the hollywood side and i forget uh, the name of the uh, the other kid, but he just talks with like the bar association and things
0: like that, right? That's Jason Baldwin, yeah, Jason yeah. Baldwin, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, because that other kid, dude, is his IQ isn't very high, he's not, you know what I mean,
0: yeah, he's right. not super bright, right? He's, he's, I mean, they tested his IQ and it was like, yeah, in this,
2: yeah, it was, it was almost they retarded.
0: Disa- Don't come over here, they call him disabled, and uh, yeah. Stuff like that but he's never been legally found disabled now, i mean he's it, definitely oh okay. he's was actually it, the only one of the three with a conscience I mean, in my opinion
2: wasn't his dad they in the the last documentary weren't they trying to accuse his dad of killing the boys
1: i, I have I to think, go back and look i think it was yeah something yeah like
2: that. They, i know it was one of the fathers
0: the and the fathers they, they i mean it was john mark byers you can go back and look at the second documentary where they say with 100 yeah. percent certainty that John Mark Byers did it. Baldwin and Eccles say that. That's and the one. Yeah, it should be very telling. Like, if somebody's yeah. like t- trying to trick you, this would be evidence in my mind that they're not, you know, if they can move bef- between a purple, like, of the, the propaganda. So, yeah. yeah. Eccles has 1,389 Patreons. <laughs> and some of these things are like for a month, he has something for $500 a month, magnum opus solo tutoring sold out. Magnum Opus School of High Magic, two hundred dollars a month, sold out. I haven't seen this in a while. So, like, there's yeah. like I got I got to wrap this up. Um, so yeah, so there's a there's a financial element involved in all of this,
1: so, right? Exactly. You know, yeah. Thanks for
0: having me, guys. I Appreciate it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you want to
1: just in closing, where uh, where can people find your work and uh, maybe what you're you got coming up for?
0: Well, they for, can buy the book on Amazon, so they can read about it. If you have some, time. give it more maybe than one can, star, please, folks. Yeah, right. you can look at <laughs> avid reader. And then you can also buy it from my website, William Ramsey Investigates. My podcast is in the top 0.5% of podcasts in the world. It's called yeah. William Ramsey Investigates. Congratulations. And the, thank you. And then um, you can, can see my Patreon. You? I have a ton of stuff on the West Memphis Three that uh, has been rescued from censorship by the evil oligarchs. So you can <laughs> check that out at my Patreon. And you, I can see I destroyed my uh, Instagram account because I don't want anything to do with evil Mark Zuckerberg. So yeah. now I'm just stuck on Gab and Twitter, and um, that's it. But I mean, All I've been right. at this for over 10 years. I mean, yes, it's have. like Will you come back uh, and talk to us about the smiling face killer, or something yeah, like anytime. Yeah, okay, cool. I got awesome. some good stuff on that. There's new, huge new developments. Chicago, oh, wow. Toronto, Austin, yeah, so there's a lot there. But thanks, Excellent. guys. Thanks for having me. I gotta run. Hey, take care, care. Have, take care. care. Have, have a good night. night. Appreciate thanks. it. Bye.